You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. Short night sleep last night. The coffee is great this morning from Strange Brew Coffee House. And necessary. And very necessary. You know, I think I've reached the stage in my life where it doesn't matter what time I go to bed at night. I'm going to wake up the same time the next morning. I'm getting dangerously close to that. I'm there. It scares me. The other thing I'm doing is becoming the guy that after about 8 o'clock, I used to make so much fun of my grandparents for going to bed at 8. And now I admire them. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because last night, and here's the thing. You know, everybody was talking about how tired we were. Hey, next week, giddy up. It's a 10 o'clock kick. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> I'm Bart Gregory. He's Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. And as we did uh, two years ago, after the season opening win against LSU, we decided to come in here on Sunday mornings, talk about the football game from the previous night, kind of off the cuff, a little unedited. You just so get- this program was born out of happiness. It was. We, we kind of had two things, I think. You had the LSU game and then the Texas baseball game. Right. A couple of years ago when we went out and to Arlington and beat Texas, those were two times we just felt we needed a rapid response to what happened. Although born out of happiness, we have shared many a frustration on this here broadcast as well. The week after the LSU game when we played Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, well, we did it last week. I guess we got to come in here today and throw that bandwagon in the river. <laughs> well, no, you're exactly right, though. The entire reason is we actually talked to each other and said we would be frauds if we didn't come back when things went bad. And we, so here we are two years later, every week. How do you feel today? You know, I was thinking back, Bart, I, you know, opening games are strange. Sometimes you see these big matchups. Sometimes you see games that aren't matchups at all. I thought yesterday, I mean, Memphis was better than the scout team. I mean, I don't want to take away. Memphis isn't terrible. No, they're not. And that, I, I kind of thought about that last night going home. I was getting some texts from some buddies. Because we've seen terrible Memphis teams before in season openers. Oh, boy. What, 2010, 11, somewhere in there? Yep, 10 and 11. 10 and 11 when we played Memphis, and that was when that program was dead. Justin Fuente, Fuente came in Yeah, there. Fuente came in in 2012. And I was thinking about that last night. I was getting some texts, and, and you know, for the most part, everybody had a, had a great time last night, you know, barring the, the obvious, the delay. And I mean, they had a great first, what, seven, eight minutes? Great first seven, eight minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. man, it just killed me because the crowd was good. It was. And I'll say this. Mississippi State did a really good job marketing this game, getting people in there. That was a good environment for an opening game against Memphis. It was. and For a while. There was a lot of folks there, good crowd. I thought the tailgating scene yesterday was very good. It was cool to kind of see it back. You had the dog walk yesterday as well. And it just kind of felt like a football Saturday again. I mentioned this on the pregame show. We think of Will Rogers having been around here a while. I was talking to him the other day. This was his first dog walk. That's so amazing. You think about, man, how just crazy things have been. First dog walk for guys who've been around. 
So back to what I was talking about last night, and that's that's what's so amazing about how our lives have changed in the last you know two years, two plus years. But you know, one guy was like, "Hey, man, I thought we were good tonight." Another, you know, the contrarian in the crew was like, "Man, did you see all the yards we gave up in the second half?" And I got to thinking about how you know the first game of the year, you always have those just raw emotions and just the over the top thoughts. And I got to thinking about it, and I was probably around the county line. Winston County line last night when I was sitting there thinking, you know, overall for opening games, I feel really good about this one. And the reason I feel really good about it is because I think about so many times after season opening games, even after some wins, where you're like, I'm just not sure how good we are. I think we're a pretty good football team. And I got to thinking about, you know, hey, tonight's a lot better than, say, 2006 when we played South Carolina on a Thursday night, got beat, what, 15 to nothing. The next year in 07, we got beat by LSU on a Thursday night. 08, we don't even want to talk about that, going to Ruston. Then 09. Oh, wow, whoa. Yeah. I had almost suppressed that memory. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then Jamar Chaney, that's what I was thinking about last night. Late in the game, hey, just nobody nobody do anything hurt to get hurt. And so that was 08. 09, Dan's first year, we played Jackson State. We run the. What, in around pass or something? Yeah, in around pass. Chad Bumpus. Didn't Chad throw it? Yeah. Okay, and that was like the first play from scrimmage, spread the fun. You beat Jackson State, whatever. The next year was Memphis. They were wretched. The next year was Memphis. Yeah, because that's those 10 and 11 Memphis teams yeah. that were just abysmal. So 2012, who did we play to open the season in 12? That was Jackson State again. That was a big lopsided win here. 13, we went to Houston and played Oklahoma. 12 was State. We Believe Year. 12 was a We Believe Year? Wasn't that it? Because we started 7-0 and going to Alabama. Yep, and we came off the We Believe Year with Tyler Russell. 13, we thought we were going to be really good offensively. Uh, this is the game. This is the game that I questioned when we did it, and I still question why we did it. Played Oklahoma State in, in, um, in Houston. Yeah, we were all excited because we had eight wins in 2012. And we had the chance to go to Houston Reliance Stadium. Is that what it is? Yeah. And we got thinking, hey, we're going to open up with Oklahoma State. That's going to be a big-time game. I think we ended up playing on some less-than-stellar network. And then we got What was the final that was? 27-3? 24-3? 21-3. 21-3. But it felt like 38 to nothing. I mean, we were lucky to score the three. Remember, they were running that diamond formation in the backfield. Yeah. We had no idea. And – yeah, it seemed like the three was kind of gifted to us. We we were beat up in that game. Yes. Uh, 14, we played Southern Miss here. That was to open up the stadium here. And that was when Southern Miss was really, really bad. And so we won. That was coming kind of off the Ellis Johnson debacle down in Hattiesburg. And then the next year we go to Southern Miss and we win. That was Dax last year. Yeah, and didn't feel great about didn't that Didn't feel one. good about that night. That was a late night. Yeah, it was 34. Was that the one Brandon Holloway ran one back for a touchdown? He did. On a kickoff? Right. And we won that 34-16. I, I don't remember feeling good about that game, to be honest. Who did we play in 16 to open the season? <laughs> South Alabama. Hmm. How about that? How about that? You know what? Yeah. I feel a lot better right now than I did the Sunday after the South Alabama game in 2016. You know, I – didn't wear shorts yesterday, and I started to because we were outside doing the pregame show. It was warm, 
Humidity yesterday was phenomenal. And I think back to what happened to me yesterday. By the way, if you saw me walking through the club level yesterday and you wonder why I didn't stop and talk, I was sweating so bad that I was just embarrassed to be around anybody. It, it It was unbelievable. And I was talking to somebody, and they were like, you know, the problem is you got hot. And it made me think of Butch Thompson. Because that seems like a silly thing to say. Wasn't that Butch's line? Yeah, if you ever get cold, yeah, don't the best get, way to best way to don't get cold is don't get cold. Because you ever get cold, you ain't get hot. And and that was the thing with me. Once I got hot yesterday, I couldn't cool off. And so it, it was kind of day where you go home and shower, shower again. You know, it was brutal. Hey, but, and along those lines, but I didn't wear shorts. The point of that being, I didn't wear shorts. Because all I could think of now is if I wear shorts to a football game, it's kind of like Dan Mullen. You you went Dan Mullen style yesterday. I did. I went shorts yesterday. I knew it was going to be hot. I knew it was going to be humid. And let me say this: last night, as we were during the rain delay that was you know two over two hours long, I walked down underneath, and I'm underneath the stands on the west side. And of course, you've got so many fans down there. And hey, let me tell you this. Yesterday was was not fun for a lot of you. I mean, it was hey, it's a season opening game. You had the tailgate, and you know it was a night game, so a lot of people had had consumed a lot of uh, a lot of water, a lot of water before the game, and a lot of drinks before the game. So it was it was so hot and it was so humid. There's just really no airflow. Of course, you got those big fans down there that create more than it used to be. But hey, if you came to the game yesterday, and especially if you stayed late. It was tough yesterday. Thank you. you. I mean, it was it was a pretty good atmosphere to start the game. It was a really good atmosphere to start the game. And we had a good many folks that stayed after that break. And so thank you for doing that. That was, uh, of course, you know, it's football. It was great, man. Which is, it felt so good to be back for football. But going, so, I, yeah, I don't want to get you off track here like I did. But 2016, South Alabama. Who we playing 17? I don't know if we sat here all day. You'd remember this. 2017. Charleston Southern. Yeah, I would have sat here all day. I I don't even remember Charleston Southern being a school. No offense to – I can't even call her a mascot. Um, 18 was Stephen F. Austin. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten that one either. It's a Joe Moorhead opener. Then in 19, we played in New Orleans. Remember this? Yeah. Um, year one of the transfer quarterback excitement, Tommy Stevens that year. Against Louisiana. Didn't Played, feel great after that game. No, we didn't. Um, because we won that game 38-28. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, 2020. It felt really good that next day. Really yeah, good that next day. Too was, good that next day. And then last well, marketing year. Marketing felt a little too good on that Monday, too, didn't they? Where did they find the bandwagon? That's <laughs> my question. Who around here has a bandwagon? That's the, I mean, where did you get that on short notice? And then, you know, last year. The, the, I don't know, but that person needs to be like our supply officer. <laughs> you know, we, that guy can get us. He's the guy that can get us anything. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's like red in Shawshank Redemption. We need him to like start booking our guest. All right, um, let's let's look at last night. And so, then, by so, the way, Louisiana Tech last year, 35-34. You didn't feel good last year. Yeah, it felt a lot better right now than did last year. So where do you put – I want to put this game in context from last night. Because we've talked about some of these season openers, and you've discounted some of the big wins, I think fairly, by saying that team was wretched, they were awful, they weren't any good. Where where do you think this Memphis team ends up the season? Are they a 500 team in the league? They probably, I don't know. Last night they didn't look good. And I, I kept going back to the point of 
maybe they're not looking good because I think on defense we were really good in the first half. They dropped some balls, man. They dropped, they some, dropped ba- some big balls. They dropped th- had what three drops last night. All three were massive. Well, and they were credited with three. There were a couple of others that were only not scored as drops because the receiver never raised his hands. I mean, dang near hit them. Let me give you a glass half full context here. I they were think, worried about the safeties lurking back there. Not just that. It's like basketball. You know, sometimes when you're covered up so well and you know you're getting hit and you know, you're covered up in basketball and you miss shots and all of a sudden you get open shots and you miss those shots because you're thinking about the others, I think we just had them in their head. I think Hennigan was – Hennigan, man, look, he did not look good in the first half at all. He looked unsettled big time. And I, I just thought our defense was really, really good – early on, and I just think it set the tone for it. Now, am I ready to say we're going to be, you know, the second and third place team in the SEC West? Not yet. No, not at all. But I tell you this, the next time that we hit this field out at Scott Field, when we play Bowling Green, we're going to know a, we're going to know a lot about our team before we get there. Before we when we walk out that day. No, I think that's absolutely true. We've all kind of had in our head that next week was going to be a layup. I'm not so sure. No, Arizona, what, who, San Diego State. Yeah, roughed them up. Roughed them up bad. And, I mean, San Diego State, I think, scored on a special teams touchdown. And, I mean, it wasn't even really that close. But looking around the league and just looking at all the games. 12-1 and one against the spread in the league. Really? Yeah. Who was the one? one. Uh, the University of Mississippi. Troy? Yeah. What was that spread? I don't know. So, they went by 18, right? 28-10? Yeah. to 10? But everybody else just kind of you – yeah, Florida had the big win against Utah last night. Florida went ahead. Had to with, win it at the end. Yeah, went ahead with like 125 to go. And then had the pick Anthony in the end Richardson zone. looked good. He did. A&M, I don't know if you could be less impressive in a 31 nothing win. They beat Sam Houston State. That game was scoreless. Excuse me. It was 17 nothing Texas A&M at the half. It was uh, scoreless for a little while there. Arkansas had a good win at home against uh, Cincinnati yesterday. But just looking around the league, man, I wish I would have been in Nashville last night to see Vandy and Elon. I bet that one would have ratcheted hey, up Vandy's the blood pressure. Vandy's 2-0 and o now, right? 2-0. and o. Uh, Shane Beamer, they won last Break night. Break up the Commodores. 35-14. Clark Lee, they're, this is the dancing on the dugout, man. It got them going. Hey, Clark Lee said they were going to win championships at Vanderbilt. They're 2-0. Okay. and o. They're on the right path. How bad must Hawaii be? Good (laughs) heavens. Well, all right, so we win 49 to 23 last night. Charlie, a couple takeaways for me, just 10,000 feet. We're we're talking about the stats last night in the postgame show, and we had our vital stat of the game. And you said we had zero drops last night, and that was your vital stat of the game. And I didn't even realize that. I was thinking about all the third-down conversions we had. I think we hit on our first eight third-down conversions. We were like 11 of 13 last night overall on third-down conversions. If you look at this game and you look at some of these stats, I mean, the first half we outgained Memphis 294 to 29. I mean, they had 29 yards of offense in the first half. And that's why I say when we went ahead 35 to 3, I mean, we could have just locked it up and go in the house. To me, that game ended at 35-3. to It was over. It was over. I know a few people like to think, man, they're back in it. No, they weren't back in No, I'm talking about for me mentally. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm uh, – It was I'm, over mentally and – Yeah, I'm perusing Twitter and trying to think about 
you know, nice little quips I can say on the post game show to get a chuckle out of you. Well, I was just thinking about how long Matt and Neil would talk before they got off the air so we could all go home. <laughs> they, they, they got out of there last night. Got out in a hurry. I don't think I've ever seen Matt Wyatt pack up a press box or a booth <laughs> as quick as he did last night. He never moved that fast when he was playing. And he was like, no, he didn't. I mean, if, if he'd have had Matt Wyatt last night, he'd have eluded some, some pressure in the pocket. Hey, so one of the things we always do on Sunday Coffee, we had our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday, and – we kind of gave some numbers and we looked at these teams and I still say my favorite Bart Gregory talent. I'm going to work on this cause I'm not as good at this as you. All right. We got Fred Fulton and Ken Crosby. Are they over in Columbus. No, 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 no. no. Fred Fulton and Daniel bounds are in Columbus. They're separated. They got Fred and Ken separated because if you put them together, they'd be too good. It'd be like the Miami heat. When it's LeBron it's the came. super team. It's the super team. And so you got Daniel Bounds and Fred, Fred Fulton. Fulton are in Columbus. in Columbus. Hoop Weems is in Alexandria, Louisiana. Yeah. Gresh Howell is in Summit. Is he in Summit? Yes. Ken Crosby's in Hickory. And then Nathan George is the new guy. He's over in Bessemer, Alabama on I-459. That place is growing, isn't it? it it's, it's amazing how Tracks Plus is a con- – Continuously growing business, but it's a small business. They say it means more because each sale means so much more to them. And uh, it's it's really cool to see what they have become in the, in the equipment world. And not just new, it's used equipment as well. And so our good friends at Trax Plus, we have our Trax Plus deep dig I on wonder, Friday. So I've got to do a little work around my house, a little landscape kind of stuff. Got some dirt I need to move. You think they would let me? They have a rental. You think... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a deal. I bet they'd help me out, huh? Because here, here's what I need. When I say a deal, I'm not talking about money. I kind of need somebody to operate it. Maybe you, to teach me how to use it. Are you looking at me right here? Well, I mean, you know. Well. You are a, a spokesman. Call before you dig, okay? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's probably a good policy. The, the 811. I should probably go ahead and call the hospital before I try to dig. So the, the three numbers that I had the other day, I started with number three. Remember, I started low and then went high. The first number I had was three, and I said we couldn't have three straight possessions where we punted the football because last year against Memphis, we punted in the half, turnover on downs, four straight punts, and I was like, you know, we just can't lull ourselves like that. We did have three dead drives there in the third quarter. We had back-to-back punts, and then we drove down the field and had a lateral. You remember that? We, we threw a ball, dropped, and then they pick it up. And so we had three straight possessions that uh, that stunk, but the last one we moved the ball a little bit more. So, uh, you know, I like I said, thirty-five to three in the second half. I kind of discredited a little bit of the stats. I feel like I hit on that one. No, I think you did. Okay. Uh, no, I I think that's a clear hit. I, I don't even think it's in question. All right. So the second number I had was four, and the number four was last year. Seth Hennigan, the quarterback at Memphis was really good. His highest graded area, he was so good in between the numbers, 10 to 19 yards down the field, 10 to 20 down the field, in between the numbers. That's where he was just so good at attacking safeties. And I said, we needed to hold him to four or fewer completions in that area, 10 to 19 down the field and in between the numbers. You know what he was last night in that area? Wasn't good. 0 for 4. He attempted 4. He was 0 for 4, average depth to target of 13.5 there. Mm. And so had two drops. 
So that's where two of the three drops came, is in the middle of the field last night. And so that, that was one there. And I also said in my third stat that I did not want Memphis to have 100 yards of rushing. And, of course, they actually go over that number. They end up with 129. But they end up with 65 yards in the third quarter and then 62 yards rushing in the fourth quarter when the game was over. So I'm saying I got all three last night. Well, that brings up an interesting point. That will take me to my numbers, and I'll amplify all this. My first number was 450. And you hit that one right on the <laughs> on the nose. Yes. Will Rogers credited with 450 passing yards. I said that's what we needed. Turned out we didn't need it all, but we got it. Why were we throwing the ball there? Is that just a, you know what, Silverfield, quit calling well, timeouts? Well, that's what I was about to say. You know who you need to thank this morning is Ryan Silverfield for calling those timeouts late. Because it was almost like Mike Leach was, Mike Leach was going, hey, we're running it. We're trying to run out the clock. Oh, we're going to burn some timeouts. Well, if you're going to burn some timeouts, I'm about to burn your secondary again. Again. And that's what we did. Yeah, so 450 hit on the nose. That's like a Powerball winner right there. And you were asking for for a record from Will Rogers. I mean, his passing record was 440 against Ole Miss. I mean, he had a career high last night, 450. You were asking for a career high last night, and not only did you ask for it, you got it. Got it. I didn't want – Man, and I was looking. So, we get the ball back. They try the onside kick. And I was like, can we decline the penalty? Because I was doing the head, the math in my head of, man, if they mark this thing off and we run the ball twice, there aren't going to be enough passing yards out there for me to get it. So, thankfully, we had a play stopped right where it needed to be so we could get the 450. My second number did not hit. That was 28. I wanted 28% of our passes to be 10 or more yards down the field. We had about 23%. Now, by the way, Will Rogers was very good, very good on the deep ball last night. In fact, you go back, and he was five of six passes over 20 yards down the field. Actually, he was four or five. So he was four or five on balls 20 yards or more down the field, three touchdowns, no picks. Three of those throws were credited as big-time throws, his NFL passer rating on balls 20 or more yards down the field was 158.3. And by the way, the highest NFL passer rating is 158.3. So from an NFL grading standpoint, he was as good as you could be throwing the ball down the field. We were also 4-6 in that mid-range, 10 to 19 yards. We threw a lot of passes underneath, but I think, again, Bart, if you go back and look, we kind of became a ball control team a little bit in that second half. Second most rushes for Mike Leach's coach team at Mississippi State. 34 last night. We had 35 against Kentucky last year. And, Charlie, you, you just hit it. When I look at Will's stats last night, being 8 of 11 on balls that he threw at least 10 yards down the field, that's where Will Rogers right now is so much better than he was two years ago. And that passed Caleb Ducking. Oh, it's phenomenal. Memphis was bringing pressure. They were selling out coming after him. He checks off, goes to the deep ball. And that was a great catch, a great throw. Everything about that was if you want to be explosive and you want to be a big-time team, that's the kind of throw and catch you got to make. So you had 450, then 28. What was your third number? Two. No more than two turnovers, and we were right on the number there. Yeah. 
had the interception, and then um, then you had that lateral that thing. lateral thing, whatever happened. Of course, those are our numbers on our Friday Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Hey, we talked about Strange Brew, and we are – uh, brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House here on Sunday morning. Strange Brew with three locations. Of course, they have Churn and Spoon Ice Cream as well, but uh, two locations here in Startwell, University Drive, and then the original on the Spring Street and Highway 12. Used to be Woody's a long time ago. Oh, back in college. Yeah, that's where all the chicken was. I Man, took had... about 20 pounds from Woody's. And so, um, of course, they still have the Woody's in Noxipate. Tater logs. Tater logs. You know, you can still, you can buy, and I've talked about this a couple times. You go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they will ship you the coffee. They will ship you the pods. Hey, my friend Todd Massey out in Texas, periodically, he shows me two, he sent me two pictures. One, he has sent me pictures of his country pleasing order, because country pleasing will ship to you too. Yep. The sausage, and that's the cool thing, man. We get tons of pictures of people, and they're grilling out. Eric Cook sent us one the other day. He was grilling out on Thursday night watching football some country pleasing and then todd sent me a picture as well uh with this strange brew coffee hey speaking of country pleasing i saw henry at the game yesterday talked to him for a while i put some country pleasing on the grill yesterday morning some of the uh, pineapple and pork yesterday morning before i came to the stadium and so uh walk through the tailgate there was a lot of folks out there who had some country pleasing stuff and so man let me tell you that's you talk about another brand that continues to grow all right charlie it is pretty cool by the way isn't that the people we get to work with, we want to. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, country pleasing, we're always talking about that. Strange brew, that's something we do every day. Uh, Tracks Plus. It's awesome to see they how they like me enough to put me on an implement. Is that an implement? It's machinery. It's machinery. Okay. I don't know what an implement is. It goes with word. machinery. Okay. Implement, yeah. If if you really don't know what you're talking about and you say the word implement, it makes it think. It just seems sophisticated. Yeah, it does. Um. I guess let's look at our highest-graded offensive lineman. It is brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startville. They kind of get in the nuts and bolts of everything. You go to that body shop out there. If you're not, Even if you're not looking to buy a newer used car, which they have a lot full of cars right now at Cannon Ford of Startville, you can get your old car fixed in the service center, the body shop. And so let's look at our highest-graded offensive lineman and see how our offensive line graded out yesterday. Who do you think it's going to be? Top graded lineman, LaQuiston Sharp. No. Okay. Dollar. Really? At left tackle. First start out at left tackle for Dollar Bill? Yeah, and you had Cam Jones graded well. So you kind of break it down. Dollar Bill actually was very good run blocking last night. Uh, Highest grade there. On In terms of pass blocking, Cam Jones at left guard. So your left side yesterday. Between Dollar Bill and Cam Jones, did a pretty good job over there for you. Well, that helps a lot. And we said that in the pregame. I mean, you just don't cover up a guy like Charles Cross. I mean, you just don't come right back. And and we were going to have to have a good outing from uh, from Dollar Bill at a left tackle yesterday. And we got that. So, we, we got that. How many, how many hurries did he give up? Well, he only gave up one. As a team, we gave up five. Okay. So one sack, is that right? One sack. So six total pressures. I couldn't remember if it was one or two. You know, that next play, Will was tackled right at the line of scrimmage. And so I didn't know if you got credit for a sack there, if it was like lost a half a yard or something like that. For the, but for all intents and purposes, he was pretty clean in that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't complain. All offensive linemen, and nobody got picked on. That was the other thing. A lot of times you look at these games and you say, one guy really stood out as a liability. 
Um, Nick Jones allowed two pressures, but grades out really well overall. And that's the most anybody allowed. So nobody just got abused yesterday. Yeah. So that's uh, brought to you by our friends at Cannon Ford to start. Well, if you're looking for a spray and bed liner, whatever you need, go by and see Chris Keen and all those folks out there. Tell them that Bart and Charlie sent you. Talked to Chris just the other day. And so, all right, uh, Charlie. Hey, let's talk about our players. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, we, we talk about Will Rogers and about the night he had, 38 of 49, completed 78% of his passes, 450 yards, five touchdowns. That's a good night for Make-A-Wish. Oh, isn't it, though? Yeah. So talk about the players that, that you wanted to focus on, the the Memphis guys that you had. Okay, so the Memphis guys I wanted to focus on was the quarterback, Seth Hennigan, and you know he was 19 of 30, 165. A lot of that came late, completed 63% of his passes. Uh, he was okay. I had Dutworth, the um, defensive guy from Mize. Yeah, the evaluation was not kind to him. No, he uh, he had one tackle last night. He had he had a tough night last night. He he had a he had a had a rough time with our our offensive line. And so Ducksworth, there's a lot of Ducksworth. Remember, they've had a lot of Ducksworth at Taylorsville and Mize and down in that area. And he's a fifth fifth year senior coming back home. Uh, played at Jones College and played down at Mize High School with the Mize Bulldogs. And so the, those are my two guys. Who were yours? I had Greg Rubin, who's a sophomore defensive back out of Memphis. He was the guy that played all 11 games last year for Memphis at corner as a freshman. Struggled late, but you thought, man, maybe he got his feet under him. We picked on him. Seven completions against him out of eight targets. Oh, wow. Two touchdowns, and Will's passer rating when throwing at Ruben was a 153.6. Again, the highest you get is 158.3. So nearly perfect going after Mr. Ruben. So he had a hmm, he had a had a pretty tough day at the office yesterday. So we tell that story all the time about uh, about Jack Crystal and the basketball game over at Alabama and about <laughs> running through all those folding chairs. The Jim Hatfield. The Jim Hatfield folding, folding chairs. And, and Mr. C says, hey, we're, we're going to be really good if we play five folding chairs. Last night, what you're saying is, is when they, he was guarding us like he was a folding chair. He was pretty close. Uh, the other guy that we had was Jalen Allen. I would picked him. He was a defensive end for Memphis. Um, actually played a lot of nose tackle yesterday. They moved him inside. Um but he had three pressures, so as good as anybody had eight tackles. Um, you know, so as, as games go, look, it was a forgettable game for Memphis. They're not going to go home. We we can break down our film, but, you know, Allen actually had 12 total tackles, so he led Memphis in tackles. But when you go back and you look at it for Memphis, tough day at the office. That's what we should have done to them last year. That's, That's what exactly we do to them every year. Yeah. They play Navy next week. So they go from the pass happy to guarding your knees. Didn't Navy get beat That'll yesterday? Be good news for Reuben. Navy yeah, got beat. By, yeah, you didn't have to cover anybody. I think Delaware beat Navy. Ooh. Yeah, the Blue Hens beat Navy yesterday. All right. Um, didn't Joe Flacco go to Delaware? He did. So how about that? We knew a Delaware alumnus. Now, don't ask me to name a second one. No, no, we're, we're good. All right, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Tremendous customer service, home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. They have 
agents all across the state of Mississippi in every county. And so that's who I use. That's who we use. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We haven't talked about Jet Johnson yet. Farm Bureau is all over the state. He was all over the field. How about that for a segue? Uh, yes. And, and the thing that Jet Johnson did last night, he had a couple big open field tackles. <laughs> and, and, and brought it. Yeah. I mean, he turned guys around. And, and I was getting messages because Jet Johnson is a guy, you talk about, look, man, it's so, look, you love getting a five-star guy, right? You love getting one of those guys who comes in and from day one is a Jeff Simmons. And you just know he's a dude from the time he gets here. Jet Johnson to me, is like what Mississippi State's about on the defensive side. You get a guy, and he works, and he works, and he gets better, and he gets better. That guy's a legitimate SEC football player. He gets his hands on you. You don't get away. I mean, he, he doesn't miss tackles. And for the most part, last night, Charlie, how many missed tackles did we have? Only four. Four? Four the entire game. And so, yeah, we locked up when we got there. And, and Memphis got some yardage yet in the second half, and they were kind of open when they got those yards. But the thing about Jet Johnson, and he had 13 total tackles. The next guy was Jalen Green, Corey Ellington. They both had five. But he had seven solo tackles, one quarterback hurry, half tackle for loss. We didn't have a whole lot of tackles for loss in that game yesterday, four tackles for loss. They didn't give us much chance. Didn't, but that's, I mean, they that's got right. rid of the football in a hurry. So I, I don't feel bad about that, um, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought Jed Johnson was really good. You know when he when he made those open field tackles, and this is just you know the, the Nettle Warrior in me coming out. You know what I got to thinking about? You know Tyler Pearson from down in Louisville won the world championship a couple of years ago in steer wrestling. You know those guys that come off those horses and they get those steers and they slam them down real quick. Yeah, Jed Johnson to me. Last night, locking guys up and just bringing them down to hurry, just looked like a guy who'd be really good at steer wrestling. Yeah, I could see that. I know that's kind of off topic, right there. The steer. No, no, knock you down in a hurry. I still, I think our linebacker group is is going to be really special. Um, hey, we talked about Memphis getting rid of the ball in a hurry. Will Rogers did a good job getting it out on time last night. I thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked smooth. And he missed and, a couple of throws. Uh, which is going to happen. That's the thing. You look, man, he missed that. Well, we throw it fifty sometimes. You're gonna you're gonna miss a few. But he put a few right there. And I like the fact that when Memphis tried to bring pressure, I thought this showed kind of an evolution or a, a, I don't say evolution, a maturity of this offense, being willing to take some shots down the field on third down when that pressure was coming. You know, and I thought sometimes on third down and third and short, we went deep a couple times. We hit on one. We missed on one. He he had Jaden Wiley open on one and overshot him. And, you know, it's the ones that got away. But, you know, Mike Leach said in the postgame last night he felt like that that was one of Will's, if not Will's, best game because it was almost like he was back there not thinking, just 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 playing. And then you ask Will afterwards, and Will was like, man, I left some plays out there and and that, that's what's so funny is, you know, we get in here and you start thinking about throwing for 450 yards, and those guys are thinking about what the, what was left out on the field. Hey, let me give you a big key to our success. We talked about our offensive line a little bit earlier. I'm just seeing this number pop up. from Last night, we'll drop back 52 times, okay? So we, we were ready to throw it 52 times. He was kept clean on all but six. Think about that. Only – Six times did he have any modicum of pressure. 
that that says a lot. One is getting the ball out, but two, our offensive line last night did a really, really good job. Yeah, I was I was pleased. Um, you know, else played pretty well, and we we haven't talked about him too. I thought Nathan Pickering played well. Yeah, I I mean, sometimes those guys get lost because they're at the defensive line, and you really don't notice as much of what they do. But they they plug some holes. But it goes last back night. to what we've talked about before, and and that's part of the difficulty of evaluating defensive line play. You know, when you look at just the tackle, the raw tackling numbers. Pickering, I'm pulling it up now just to see. Yeah, so this backs up what I was going to say. What is it that helps your linebackers when you got guys up front that take up blockers and let them run free? Why was Errol? Yeah, go back to Errol Thompson. You know, he, he's better one year than the next. And it, it wasn't that he got worse. No, it's because he, he started getting some hats on. <laughs> he had people in his way. So Nathan Pickering just has a couple of tackles on the stat sheet, but here's he grades out. Of guys playing more than 15 snaps in a ball game, he grades out second to Jet Johnson. Really? Because he got two pressures. He wasn't missing tackles. He got, I mean, he just, he took up guys. What did you think about the running backs last night? Dylan Johnson runs hard. Dylan Johnson was pretty good. Um, Woody Marks had 12 carries for 36 yards. You start looking at receiving wise. You know, Woody Marks had two catches for 21 yards. Uh, Dylan Johnson had six catches for 13. Dylan Johnson caught the most balls last night. We had 12 different receivers that caught a football last night. Uh, Robinson caught a touchdown, 23 yards. Price caught a ball for 20 yards. And then, um, you know, Austin Williams only caught one ball last night. Yeah, that was that play down at the goal line trying to get him into the end zone. I think that's going to be a tense conversation at the <laughs> at the house. At the uh, – Table tennis, playing ping pong. Austin has challenged Will to ping pong already this morning. <laughs> That's right. He's got the Keyshawn Johnson moment. <laughs> Rufus, Harvey caught some, Rufus Harvey caught five balls. Ra-Ra Thomas he caught five balls. He was really good early. Yeah, Ra-Ra looked, looked really good. Like right out of the gate, I thought Ra-Ra was the guy who, who gave you gave you kind of a, a boost early. Tulu caught five balls, 60 yards. And here's the thing. You start looking at these longs, you know, the, yeah, Dylan Johnson, 12-yard was his long. Ruf, uh, Ra-Ra Thomas was 27. Rufus Harvey caught five balls for 61 yards, spun the ball after a touchdown. and uh, Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Hey, I thought we probably got away. I know it's fashionable to talk about officiating and things they missed. We probably got lucky they missed a little interaction after a play or two yesterday. Yeah, we did. Wally caught three balls for 30 yards. Ducking, what have we heard in the preseason about ducking, about how good he's been? Uh, three catches for 73 yards, long of 35, 12 yards after the catch. Hey, Robert Rod Thomas had 71 yards after catch, or yards after contact. A lot of that came on that touchdown when he caught it in – I mean, there's some there's some clothing at the 25. <laughs> I don't think he even knew he caught it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so um, for most most part, hey, you look up and down the roster, last night was a good night. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff to clean up. I think, to me, that's the good thing. We scored 49 points. We put up a lot of yards. We played well at times on defense. And if they choose to, both sides of the ball, their coaching staff will be able to go in today and express some displeasure. 
You know, you get what I'm saying? Yes. You come out, you score on five of your first six possessions, and and you can still have reason to go back and say this wasn't good. Yeah, that was a bad I thing. I like that. That was a bad thing about the LSU game a couple of years ago. We didn't have anything go wrong. <laughs> Everything. I mean, everybody. Well, the best thing that happened to us in that game, Bo Pelini. <laughs> well, that's true there. I mean, if if ever there was a guy I'd like to give a lifetime contract to, <laughs> it's Bo Pelini. Bo, don't you think we ought to go to zone? No. We're going to turn around here in a minute. <laughs> hey, uh, once again, uh, thanks to all of our great sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House. Cannon Ford of Startville, our good friends at Tracks Plus, and of course we're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. Uh, Country Pleasing Sausage, our good friends at Bank First, saw a lot of those guys yesterday at the game. And uh, Bank First, go to bankfirstfs.com. Hey, I saw the commercial last night, the Bulldog, oh, the Bulldog Initiative. Bulldog, was that good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so we played that at halftime. If you saw the ribbon boards, the Bulldog Initiative logo was up there it was on the scoreboard even had a qr code even had a qr code man we're big time what are you talking about cutting edge right there man so no i tell you yesterday was man you talk about a full day you and i did the pre-game and post-game show after pre-game went around and talked to a few people that that have been helping us so spent uh, quite a while doing that was great got to interact with a lot of people who talked to us about listening to the show a couple of baseball fans even said a few nice things about you along the way. Really? Yeah. I didn't even have to pay anybody. Well, I didn't know if you'd been there before me. Uh, but, hey, very sincerely, um, I, I know I speak for you too, Bart. I, it, it is so humbling. Humbling. Yeah, that's the word. Where people talk about listening to the show, and, and uh, we appreciate it. I mean, Bart and I, we started doing this thing mostly just for fun. I mean, we did it because – we just kind of wanted to get together, put something out there. We figured we'd have about 30 or 40 people listening, and most of those will be family members that we forced to. It, it's it been amazing, and I, I sincerely appreciate everybody who stops us, who comments. Uh, appreciate everybody who goes and leaves us a good review on iTunes. We always appreciate those. But very sincerely, thank you to everybody. And There, there were over a dozen people yesterday who had something to say about the show, and I, I, I very sincerely appreciate that. Hey, we cut a little spot yesterday before the game, put on the video board, and that was a little different. Hey, I thought I liked our setup in the on the terrace. We did our pregame show from inside the stadium. Now the sun was hot. I need a sunbrella. That's okay. And then we had the uh, the in stadium stuff last night. At the end of the first quarter, you know, you jetted away, Dang and, right I did. and so it was just me. And hey, here's the thing. So here's what here's what hit me like a ton of bricks last night, Charlie. And this is completely off the cuff and more than you bargained for, I'm sure. We used to do those halftime hits, and we were inside the M Club. And so the thing about being inside the M Club is you actually don't hear yourself going over the speakers of the stadium. Do you know what I learned last night about four seconds deep into doing that first quarter hit from up there, the live from Davis Wade, is there's about a three-second delay. Oh. Yes, sir. Oh, man. So do you need, like, earplugs? or? Well, I got my headset on. But it was like, it was literally the whole thing when, when you're doing that over the air. It's like giving directions to somebody over the phone and your kids are yelling at you in the background. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard the announcement? There's a, we talk all the time about the station in Dallas we listen to, the ticket, KTCK. Um, the ticket. They have a great sound clip they play now and then. It was a guy, um, the New Orleans Bowl, a guy named Ron Maestri, a longtime athletics guy. But he was making the announcement to welcome to somebody you know, that they had won the game and they were coming to the New Orleans Bowl. 
and he was getting that <laughs> reverb, you know, covered from the speaker, <laughs> and he sounds. Everybody thought he was just completely wasted, but it gets in your head, and yes. you hear it coming back to you, and he's like, "The New Orleans boy." Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And you can hear all these guys screaming. Just they thought he was hammered, and that's why I I, I really the people that sing the national anthem that you they're it it takes something different. It's it's not as easy as just walking out there, you know, like you're in your your bedroom and singing, and there it is, or sitting singing in the shower. When you've got a, a reverb in there, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. It'll mess with you a little bit. Oh, it's brutal. But it was fun. Hey, yeah, I thought, a good day. I thought the music was better. I thought the mu- music was good. I thought Rhett and the gang, everybody at the stadium, did a pretty good job uh, in stadium, in-game stuff. Hey, let me tell you this, though. and I, I'm, When something like yesterday happens, you can script everything you need to script out. And then when you have a two-hour delay, it just goes awry. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it's kind of like, what do they say, you know, football, all the plans go out the window the first time you get hit. Oh, yeah. And that, that's when we got hit. <laughs> yeah. That's when game administration got hit. But, hey, man, we got through it. There was a really good group of students who kind of stayed to the end. That was cool, too. So, all right, well, our plan this week, we're going to be back uh, in the midweek, we'll talk to a few people, we'll have the Friday deep dig again. And then we'll play it in the desert on Saturday. Ooh. 10 o'clock Central Time next week in Tucson, Arizona. I know a lot of folks are going out there. And so, anyway, hey, but we're 1-0. And we won by 26 points last night, 49-23 to over Memphis. Uh, Charlie, enjoyed it as always. We'll be back in the midweek. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on a Sunday Coffee, live from the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Starville.